Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. I've just taken a break from doing lots of exam marking in order to record this episode rather quickly. Um, you might hear some noises in the background, including my wife, who's making lunch for us at the moment, and I think she's making smoothies as well. Um, um, I'm a very lucky guy, aren't I? Yes, I am. This episode is mainly about the recent earthquake in Nepal, but I'm also going to mention a couple of other news stories that are worth talking about briefly, including the UK's general election, which is happening at the end of next week, uh, and the fact that Kate Middleton has just given birth to a baby girl. It's all over the internet and on TV now, uh, but how important is it really, considering so many people's lives are in jeopardy right now at this moment in Nepal? Um, so let's have a look at this earthquake uh, in Nepal then. Um, as I hope that you're already aware, recently there was a very big earthquake um, near Kathmandu, the capital of Nepal. Thousands of people, I think at the moment it's about 5,000 people, are confirmed to have died and thousands more are missing. It's a, a huge disaster. Um, so in this episode I'm going to describe the story a little bit, just in case you don't already know the details. I'll let you know of a way that you can help the rescue workers there uh, by making a donation. I'll talk a little bit about earthquakes. Um, am I going to do this? No, I'm not, because I don't have time. I'd like to talk about earthquakes, and, and I also would like to talk about Nepal and its relationship to the UK and the story of the Gurkhas. It's a very interesting case. Um, I don't think I'm going to have time to do that in this um, sort of, let's call it, uh, sort of mini quick episode. Uh, I might come back to earthquakes in general because it's fascinating, but I'd like instead just to make sure I get across the message that the uh, earthquake in Nepal is a serious disaster and that you can help. Um, I'll go into that in a moment. Now, sadly, tragic events happen around the world all the time. This includes, you know, large-scale violence of any kind, terrorist, military, or whatever you want to call it, but also disasters like the recent sinking of a boat full of um, immigrants from, from Libya, and now a huge earthquake in Nepal. Um, I don't mention every bad thing that happens in the news on my podcast. It's not necessarily my job to highlight these things. Um, it's not normally the focus of my episodes, of course, but today I felt moved to record something on this topic because of the scale of this event, uh, the opportunity to help in any way, and because I received a message from a Nepalese listener to this podcast who reached out to me um, by sending me a message on Facebook, and he politely asked if I would mention it in an episode of the podcast. Um, so seeing the news reports about this, national, uh, this natural disaster and reading this message from a listener was basically enough to push me to uh, say something about this on the podcast. So I'd just like to say, please consider donating to the Disasters Emergency Committee. 
Um, you can do that by visiting www.dec.org.uk. dec.org.uk. That's the Disasters Emergency Committee. And um, they are, at the moment, uh, requesting donations uh, from people so that they can help the the uh, relief work which is going on right now. Uh, sometimes I suggest that you donate to my podcast to help me keep doing it. But of course, today, I'd like to say, please don't, don- don't donate to me and instead consider donating to the Dis- Disasters Emergency Committee who are helping to deliver relief to the areas which are badly affected by this earthquake. You can do that, as I said, by visiting dec.org.uk it's very easy to do it Um, you can donate with paypal with your card whatever 5,000 people have already died and this number could reach 10,000 according to some estimates that means that this follow-up period uh, the this period just after the earthquake has happened is a really vital period they need resources for the rescue work for the treatment of injured people and all the other vital aid that can be given there um the disaster has not stopped. It's it's ongoing because of, well, there are aftershocks, that's like smaller earthquakes that occur after the main one, and also because of all the damage to the buildings, uh, uh, you know, the, it's extremely dangerous condition, and also the injuries and the loss of food and shelter. It, it might seem like a very small contribution from you, but even a, a, a little donation could make a big difference to people who have no resources or basic services. Of course, it's completely up to you, uh, but you could make a difference. So just go to www.dec.org.uk. Org, that's O-R-G. dec.org.uk. Okay? Um, so let me just read the message that I received um, f- on Facebook from a, um, a lepster from Nepal, and it goes like this. Hi, Luke, what's been going on? Uh, I'm Sagar Bandari from Nepal and recently in Australia as a student. I'm a regular lepster. That's a, obviously a listener to Luke's English podcast. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year But I have managed to get through every episode, including the Phrasal Verb podcast as well. So I'm proud to say the fact that I had the guts... I'm I'm proud to say the fact that I had the guts to write to you is due to you. Today, the fact that I can write this much English is all your contribution. To be honest, you really egged me on. Well, that's that's great. Um, We all know that Nepal is now suffering from a devastating earthquake... Uh, which even took the life of more than 5,000 people, and the death toll is rising all the time. On this very sad moment, I feel guilty about not being in my country, but also, I didn't give up on listening to the jokes episodes that you recorded recently. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to request that you raise a donation or, fund, uh, uh, or, or a fund regarding the disaster, but I am hoping to listen to an episode about disasters like earthquakes, which you can relate to the recent quake in Nepal. I'm also, uh, I've also, I also know that the UK is with us, as David Cameron said that he would help us. Also, it would be fruitful if we listeners can listen to an episode about earthquakes, their history, impacts, and so on, and how we can be aware of them. Um, uh, so, uh, so Sagar also goes on to mention uh, the interesting topic of the UK's relationship to, to Nepal. But basically, what I got from that is that uh, um, Sagar is in Australia. He can't be in Nepal at the moment, but... Uh, 
he kind of reached out to me to he didn't he didn't request that I uh, ask people to make donations. He just wanted me to mention it on the podcast. Um, but I would like to suggest that my listeners donate to this. Um, I just think that we could make even a small difference. Um, let's just have a um, a closer look at exactly what happened uh, in Nepal with this earthquake. Um, so I'm just going to kind of tell you a little bit about this. This is um, this is some of this information is based on a um, uh, a story written on nature.com, uh, which is um, an international weekly journal of science. Um, and so here's some information about the earthquake. Um, so apparently a magnitude 7.8 earthquake hit just 80 kilometers northwest of Nepal's capital Kathmandu on the 25th of April, destroying buildings and devastating much of the city. The ground shook well beyond Nepal's borders into Tibet and northern India in one of the worst natural disasters to strike the Himalayas in years. Thousands of people are feared dead. And here, nature.com looks at the geological and social circumstances that combined to make the Nepal quake so deadly. Um, I saw some video of this um, online. I just saw, you know, a few different bits of video. One of them was of uh, just a, a the sort of uh, the back garden or the back area behind a building. And you can see a swimming pool and the earthquake starts. The water starts shaking in the swimming pool. And it's so violent that the water is being thrown over the edges of the swimming pool. It's quite incredible. Um, so why did the quake happen? Well, the ground ruptured along one of the planet's biggest geological collision zones, where the crustal plate that carries India slams into and divides beneath, uh, slams into and dives beneath the crust of Central Asia at a rate of four to five centimeters a year. So you know, don't you, listeners, that the Earth's surface, the kind of crust on, on the, the 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 surface of the Earth. Um, is basically made up of these big plates, uh, tectonic plates. And there are certain places around the world where these plates meet each other. And the plates move. You know, they, they either rub up against each other or they, they sort of uh, go underneath and on top of each other. And uh, every now and then, there's a sudden movement as the after, you know, pressure has built up on these tectonic plates. Uh, uh, after a while, they move suddenly and that causes uh, earthquakes. Um and um, so, going back to the the one that happened um, in uh, Nepal, that uh, smash up the uh, the fact that one crustal plate uh, that carries India uh, slammed into the uh, the crust of Central Asia. That that smash raised the Himalayas uh, originally. Uh, that smash-up raises the Himalayas to their great height and makes the region one of the most seismically dangerous in the world. Geological stress builds up along the Himalayas and releases itself periodically in earthquakes. Uh, The 25th of April quake was relatively shallow. That means it wasn't very deep. It was quite close to the surface. Um, It was just 15 kilometres deep according to the U.S. Geological Survey. Uh, Preliminary data suggests that the Himalayan fault broke a chunk of crust some 150 to 200 kilometers long, says Susan Howe, a seismologist at the USGS offices in Pasadena, California, who's worked in Nepal. So it's quite a shallow quake. You know, the the rupture happened uh, fairly close to the surface, and that makes it a lot more violent on the surface. 
so this is one of the reasons why it was such a, a big and dramatic and, and damaging earthquake. Um, so how bad is the damage? Well, brick temples in Kathmandu have crumple, crumbled. Brick temples, some of these um, you know, ancient uh, sites have been destroyed, including the iconic Dharmahara uh, Tower. Other buildings slumped sideways or pancaked to the ground, just flattened. Damage assessments are underway, but Howe says that she was relatively heartened to see buildings standing in the background of photographs that focused on collapsed temples. Uh, So some buildings are still standing, thank goodness, but a lot of them either fell to the side or just, you know, became flattened. Um, If you can imagine the ground shaking from left to right, it would just cause the, the foundations or the walls of the buildings to just crumble. And if they're all made of brick or, or other sort of uh, basic materials, they're not going to be able to survive that kind of uh, uh, shake. Now, in Japan, obviously, which uh, has lots of earthquakes, they've got uh, technology which they've used to you know help build their, their, their buildings. And they their buildings often... Uh, flex they they're they're able to deal with certain amounts of uh, uh, movement in the ground without falling down they're they're really really well made but here in nepal um, obviously they don't have anything like the same level of technology or resources that they have in japan so their buildings are really basic so when there's an earthquake there's a danger that they will just collapse to the ground can you imagine can you imagine the city where you're living in um if um Thousands of homes across the city were just destroyed instantly in just a few minutes. Um, imagine what, what it would do to the city. Imagine what it must be like in Kathmandu at this moment. Um, officials in Nepal, uh, when, this, when this report was published, um, which is on the 26th of April, the day after the quake, um, it, said, uh, it said this, officials in Nepal estimate that at least 3,700 people are dead as of the 27th of April, and that number is likely to rise in the days to come. On Mount Everest... The earthquake triggered an avalanche that swept into base camp. At least 18 people are thought to have been killed on the mountain. So, yeah, not only was it Kathmandu, the, the, the city as well, but also up on Everest. Uh, you know, and you know the number of people who climb up Everest every day. Um, the quake caused uh, an avalanche. So there's a, a number of different um, uh, ice uh, fields. Um, glaciers. So there's a, a, a glacier that kind of was on the mountain somewhere uh, above base camp and the earthquake caused a lot of the glacier to break off and then that caused an avalanche that swept down the side of Mount Everest and swept into base camp. So if you can imagine a huge avalanche of uh, you know ice and snow and so on, um, just total disaster. Um, so... There you go. What happens next? Well, assuming that this earthquake is the largest event in this seismic episode, so just assuming that this is the largest one and that there isn't going to be another bigger earthquake uh, in the days to come, um, Nepal can expect more than 30 aftershocks greater than magnitude 5 over the next month. One magnitude 6.6 aftershock has already hit. So there you go. You can see that it's a... a very uh, dangerous and tragic situation. So let me just remind you that you can donate money to help the people affected by this earthquake by visiting 
dec.org.uk. That's the Disasters Emergency Committee. And if you do uh, check that out, then it's very easy to donate some money if you fancy doing it. Um, so that's a bit of information about the earthquake, which I just thought would be men- worth mentioning on the podcast. Um, as I said, this is going to be a quick one, but in other news, uh, some other things that I thought would be worth mentioning are the fact that the UK is having its general election. Um, that's on the 7th of May, just in a few days' time. It's a huge subject, which I would absolutely love to cover in proper detail on Luke's English podcast, but I'm not sure that I have the time, to be honest, because I've got so much exam marking to do that I can't necessarily uh, devote the relevant amount of time to preparing and recording an episode on that subject. And it's a very timely thing. Uh, I think it's something that's uh, you know very important in the UK at the moment. So I would love to talk about it in proper detail, but I'm not sure I have the time. In a nutshell, though, it's extremely close. The election is extremely close. This is a general election where people vote for MPs that will sit in the House of Commons. It's going to decide the political landscape in the UK for the next five years. Um, and uh, ba- um, based on what happens in this uh, election, we might have a new prime minister. Obviously, at the moment, it's David Cameron, but who knows? We might end up with Ed Miliband as our prime minister. He's the opposition leader at the moment. And, you know, we might have a new government with uh, new MPs, a completely new approach to um, to running the country. So it's, it's a big deal and it's extremely close. We're probably going to have a coalition government. That means that uh, we won't get one party with um, a majority. Um, the Conservatives and Labour are very close. Uh, the polls are suggesting that they're very, very even, and neither of them will get the majority they need to form um, a majority government. So that means that they'll have to form a coalition with another party. Uh, but who's the coalition going to be formed with? Between who and who? Could be between Labour and another party, could be between Conservatives and another party? Would it be Labour and Liberal Democrats, Labour and the Scottish National Party? Would it be the Conservatives and UKIP or the Conservatives and someone else? It's really uh, interesting because no one knows what's going to happen. Um, It's quite clear, though, that UK politics is moving away from the traditional two-party system um, into a more fragmented and pluralised system with lots of candidates from different parties representing the views of not just different political positions but also the views of people from different regions because um, obviously over the over the last sort of 15 years or so the UK has been giving more and more power away to uh, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland and that is affecting uh, the, the politics of the country and we're seeing that now. Um, so the, some of the main issues are are here are this uh, the Labour and Conservative parties are very close, but neither of them will get a majority. That means that they might both be in a position to form coalition governments with other parties, but with who? Uh, the SNP, that's the Scottish National Party, have loads of support in Scotland after the independence movement. Remember that I did a podcast about Scottish independence. Um, 
the independence movement around the time of the Scottish referendum um, was a big time for Scotland and uh, all the people in Scotland became very politically active and the SNP, the Scottish National Party, um, received loads and loads of votes and so they have a huge presence in Scotland. Um, And so uh, the SNP are in a, a position to have a big influence over UK politics now. We predict that the SNP are going to get loads of votes in Scotland. Um, which uh, which means that they will then be in a big position to have influence over UK politics, either in a coalition government uh, or just with a significant presence in the House of Commons. They'll be able to vote on uh, on laws that are passed for the whole of the United Kingdom. Some people in England are worried about the influence of so many Scottish MPs on English law. That's a bit complicated. I'll try and explain it briefly. I have explained it before. In Westminster, um, in the House of Commons, that's where all the MPs from the whole of the UK sit and they make uh, laws, they vote on laws that affect the whole of the UK. Those laws are then sent out to the whole of the United Kingdom. Uh, But then in Scotland and in Northern Ireland and in Wales, they have their own devolved parliaments. They have local governments, let's say, and they can sort of adapt some of those laws and they can even make other laws that only apply to those regions. Okay, but England doesn't have its own devolved parliament. So that means any laws that are made in Westminster by, these are laws that are voted on by English, Scottish, Welsh and Northern Irish MPs, those are laws that apply to England. And England doesn't have the option to adapt those laws specifically for England. So uh, some English people, particularly on the right wing, it seems, but even also on the left wing too, they're concerned about how uh, England doesn't have the same level of local control. And if uh, the House of Commons has lots of Scottish MPs in there, then people are worried that Scotland will have an unfair advantage of of some kind, which is interesting because in a way, um, you know, Scotland have never really had that kind of advantage over the last you know few hundred years of being in the united kingdom so maybe it it, it's it's a bit ironic that the english are now saying oh it's unfair the scottish are going to be able to decide on how we live our lives well you know the shoe is on the other foot now isn't it um if david cameron gets into power again then the uk will have a referendum on europe and if we vote to get out of the European Union, that would be a massive change in the UK. So it's kind of an interesting time for the UK. Is the UK sort of breaking up? Is the UK going to leave Europe? Will that mean? Will that see uh, an impact on the European Union? Um, uh, the future of the UK is a bit uncertain at this moment. Um, and... Um, Also, I was interviewed on television about this on Thursday, which was a complete surprise for me. Uh, But I did end up sitting in a TV studio on France 24. Um, That's the French sort of international news channel. Um, They have these debates every week where they debate big subjects. And uh, their debate on Thursday was about the UK election. And they had um, found journalists who specialised in the subject. Um, and I think they also just wanted someone else to come on the programme to just give a slightly different view. And I think they'd searched online for uh, appropriate people. They'd searched on Twitter for appropriate people who lived in Paris who could talk about it. And uh, they ended up finding me. And so I was invited on the programme as a, an English teacher and comedian. Um, and it was uh, great fun 
to be featured on this uh, on this program. Uh, it was quite nerve wracking experience as well because obviously um, I just realised that I needed to make sure I knew what I was talking about. Um, but anyway, you can see the videos on my website if you just go to teacherluke.co.uk. You can check it out. You can see Luke from Luke's English Podcast on live television. And I did manage to get a plug in for the podcast. Uh, so I wonder if I've got any new listeners as a result of being featured on TV. Um, so also the royal baby, Kate Middleton, just gave birth to a daughter. We don't know the name yet. It is a princess, though. The TV is full of images of patriotic British people and tourists outside Buckingham Palace. Um, I'm, I'm always disappointed to see on French TV that they always interview the slightly crazy British people who dress in Union Jack clothing, you know, like you get these people whenever there's a, a big moment for the royal family you get these super patriotic uh, uh british people who go and sort of camp outside buckingham palace and they wear union jack hat a union jack suit union jack tie union jack glasses they've got union jack flags and everything and of course these are the people that the the french uh media always choose to interview and it, it disappoints me because um uh, these aren't really normal English people. They don't really represent the views uh, of most ordinary English people. And just whenever they are on TV, I just feel like it confirms a stereotype that we're all just eccentric, passionate monarchists who love dressing in Union Jack clothing, which is only partly true. Obviously, some of us are like that, but not all of us. Um, but ultimately, how important is this story about the royal baby? You might be thinking, Luke, as an English person, what do you think of the royal baby? Well, obviously, I'm happy for Kate and William, just as I would be happy for anyone, really, who, you know, has got a new baby. So, you know, I, I wish them well. But um, it's not that big a deal, really. I mean, especially this child, because it's not like she's going to be... She's not, like, first in line for the throne. Um, anyway, it's it's of marginal importance, really. Um, perhaps it makes people feel better, but shouldn't we really focus attention on the more serious things that are going on at this moment? And on that note, I'd just like to remind you to please consider donating to the Disasters Emergency Committee. You can find the link on my uh, webpage um, or just go to dec.org org.uk. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for your feedback, by the way, on the website. I recently added a feedback form onto my website. Uh, that's just a chance for you to give me some comments about Luke's English podcast. Um, I've asked my listeners questions um, on this feedback form. I value your feedback very much. I want to know what you like about Luke's English podcast and what changes you would like me to make or, or, or if you'd like me to just continue doing certain things. Um, I can't guarantee to make all the changes or to, to be able to do all the things that you request me to do, but it is helpful for me to be able to keep Luke's English podcast as relevant to you as possible, while also ultimately being you know, managing to stay in charge of the thing and deciding exactly what goes into these episodes. I like to know what, you, what you're interested in, basically. Um, you can find that feedback form in the contact section on the main menu of teacherluke.co.uk. That's it. Um, watch out for more episodes of Luke's English Podcast coming to you in the near future. But for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.